Welcome to Erie Iceland. Whether you're captivated by folklore, paranormal, sorcery, the hidden people, haunted things, people or locations in Iceland, you've come to the right place. Here, you'll venture into the dark side of Iceland. I'm Anne. I'm Vanessa. We're two girl bosses who are obsessed with all of these things. Will you dare to follow us into this unexplainable realm? Hey, Vanessa, are you excited for what I have for you today? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about Icelandic folklore, because, you know, it is near and dear to my heart. I love chatting with our guests at Iceland Wedding Planner when they come and just in general, like how forever ingrained you know, folklore is into the culture in Iceland and it's, and it's ingrained for a plethora of reasons. You know, first, if you think back in the dark days and nights, these stories were like a form of entertainment for everyone, you know, young, old, everywhere in between, right? And second, many of the stories served as a warning or a lesson to keep people safe. Third, Others would remind us to like be thankful and grateful for what we have, you know, and that's one of the really thrilling things. You know, I know a lot of Icelandic folklore stories have these morbid undertones to it. Love it. (laughs) I know, me too. But it's just one of those things I've always been forever enamored with. Okay, today I'm taking you back in time. To the 1700s. Oh boy. Early Iceland at its freaking best, right? So it was a time in Iceland where hardship was more common than not. You know, let's be honest. Like, and keeping your family nourished and not hungry was a challenge that you took up every single day. Many would suffer or go without. That was just reality for most people and desperate folks would steal and even a few would try their hand at crafting magic. Yeah, I know you're giving me that look of like, (laughs) seriously, magic. Yeah. So spooky magic, actually, that would bring their family abundance. And that's the premise of my story today, because The historical lore that I have for you today is what locals refer to as the Icelandic milk demon. Okay. (laughs) As if that is a thing, right? Sounds super creepy. (laughs) Or fun. I mean, if you love milk, I mean, I'm lactose intolerant. Me too, same. (laughs) Okay. Um, And most people fondly refer to it as actually a Tilbury. So some of us can say Icelandic milk demon and others will say Tilbury. Okay. So the premise of this story is that a woman evokes a monster that will steal milk from others' cows that are not their own. But how, you might wonder, right, Vanessa? 
Yeah, like, so what? It just goes and, like, milks the cow in the middle of the night? Is that what you're picturing? I don't know. Like, a big-ass <laughs> monster? Like, if I was a cow, I'd be like, uh, no, you're not milking me, sir. <sighs> just wait. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to set the scene for you here, okay? So picture this. To begin the process, because you have to create the monster, right? This isn't just walking around and you capture it and it's yours and it's this like little leprechaun or demon just running around. It's not. You have to actually create it. So there's an essence of magic that's involved with this, right? You know, back in the 1700s, you know, I think we were like burning witches, weren't we? Yeah. That was the thing. Or drowning witches. Like, I'm not a witch, but I'm pretty sure, like, if I lived in those days, people would definitely think I was a witch. Yeah. I would I would actually agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, again, to begin the process of creating the Tilbury, a woman would go on a hunt to steal a rib from a corpse. Like a human corpse? Yeah. So that's the thing. A woman, when she would go and steal it from the corpse, some sources say that a rib from a man and others say that it would have to be from like a recently deceased body at Pentecost. Like there's actually a time frame attached to this. So like, again, like she would go and murder someone and steal the rib or get it from a dead body or would it be like from animal corpse? No, it needed to be human. Oh, yeah. Human. So if you can picture this, like, I'm thinking she like went to the cemetery and like dug up somebody's someone. Oh, like a burial, like, yeah, like a grave digger. Ooh, ooh, that's a little morbid. But yes. So you had to begin the process by stealing that rib from this corpse. And it had to be like a fresh corpse, right? So I don't, I, I just envision this lady like digging into, okay, yeah, we're, we're not going to go there. We'll just leave it to you to how you guys want to picture it, okay? So regardless of whether or not it is a, from a man or a recently deceased body, whether it was man or woman, we have no idea, you know, 1700s in Iceland, I think anything goes at that point. So regardless, once she had it, the next step would be to acquire gray, like the color, gray wool to wrap the bone in it. We've heard that it had to come from like a family's farm. Whereas others would say that it would be stolen if possible and that it would have more magical features if it was stolen from a poor widow's sheep farm. So like, could, yeah, I know what you're going to say. So say this, it. This lady is a grave robber, like grave digger, like, and now she's stealing from the poor, widowed, the poor widowed lady, like. I'm going to one-up you there, and I'm going to say that what if she took the rib from the widow's husband? Oh, my God. This fucking twisted. Welcome to Iceland 1700s, right? Okay, so picture this again. We've got this rib. We got this gray wool. Things are happening, right? What the fuck is she going to do with it now, right? So the woman has to secure this token, right? Or totem, whatever you want to call it, right? She has to put it between her breasts. 
Yep. Think like big bustier like dress and she puts it in between her boobs. That's a thing. Okay. A so dead, a dead man's rib and wrapped in wool, stolen. Oh, that's got to smell delightful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know that part, but you can, you can use your imagination. I mean, if she gets that milk, I guess it's worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So she keeps it in there, safekeeping for the intern, right? Then the next step to make this magical thing, this milk demon, the Tilbury come alive, she has to go to church for the next three Sundays. And she has to spit her communion offering into the totem and make the Tilbury come alive. How is she not already like like, you know, caught as a witch. Like this lady's at church, like spitting into her bustier and smelling weird. Like (laughs) if I was in that time, I'd be like, that girl's definitely a witch. Let's do something about it. You are so right, Vanessa. You are so right. Like I literally, and I think like, when you think about like, as a side note for reference, you know, the Icelandic nation at this time, probably majority or primarily practiced the Lutheran faith, right? So it means that it would probably be a mix of a bread wafer and like wine. So let's say this lady is like on her knees at the altar getting communion, has this weird, you know, totem between her breasts and she gets this communion. Is she like secretly like spitting it down her chest or is she like running outside to like go do that shit in privacy? I don't know. If I was super desperate and I needed to make my own like milk demon monster, (laughs) I think, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm already like suspicious, like stinking. And like, I'm not going to run out of the church. Cause like then I'm even more suspicious. So I would probably just like act like my mouth suddenly opened and it just kind of spilled and be like, oops, <laughs> can I have some more, sir? But you have to do it for three Sundays. And it, it doesn't say anywhere that I could find in any of my research of how much. So I don't know if it was just that one, like little dribble. I don't know. Okay. We'll leave it to everyone's imagination. Okay. So the milk demon would grow in size and look similar. If you guys can picture it to a snake. Okay. We don't have snakes here in Iceland. Wait, did it, did, did it become like the demon and like the snake while she had it in her, like between her boobs or did that happen afterwards? Do you know? So the way that I'm kind of picturing this, like, let me tell you a little bit more about the transformation that kind of happens here. Right. So if you think, if you think what a rib looks like, right. Wrapped in wool, and then it just kind of binds together, maybe the, you know, the magical properties of this communion host and wine kind of binds it together. I'm inferring this, right. I don't know if this is hashtag real life, but maybe. So once it grew to like, let's say the size of a foot, maybe a big foot, right? Capped between her breasts. The woman would carve a circle inside of her inner thigh. Yeah. Okay. You're picturing this with me, right, Vanessa? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So the beast would then transition from being in her breasts and would begin suckling in the spot, which made it transition into a third nipple. Okay. You're, you're following me here, right? Wait, is this lady married? 
she could be like, and her husband's just like, oh yeah, score a new nipple for me to play with. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, uh, I mean, it could be a bonus feature for some people. You're absolutely right. Okay. All right. You're following me with this nipple thing though, right? I'm back. I'm back. Okay. All right. All right. So after some weeks of being nourished, because remember, it's not getting the communion weight, like wafer and all that stuff. It is like now taking out of the woman, right? She's bound and binded with this thing now, this Icelandic milk demon. So after weeks of it being nourished and reaching its full size, it was time for the Tilbury to take action and pay back its new mother for like creating it, okay? So the snake-like Icelandic milk demon would be sent out at night to slither around to other farms, stealing milk from the nearby neighbors. It would, so the way that I need to like describe what this looks like, if you guys, if you guys can think about this, and it would like jump up on the animal's back, Okay, so, and then it would extend itself down, you know, from the back, like almost like hanging and like down to like where the udder would suckle off the cow or the sheep, right? So maybe even the horse, like shit. I don't even know. You're not milking horses though, are you in in 1700s? I've never heard of like horse, like milk or horse cheese. So I don't think people do that. (laughs) Let's hope not. Okay. Okay. I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh. This is, this is serious business. Okay. So it would suckle off the cow and sheep until it was uncomfortably full. This like little milk demon, like full, um, you know, you get full after a meal and you're like, you can't move. Maybe you're unbuttoning a top button or something. Cause you just like had enough. That's what I envision when I think of this like little thing. Right. Okay, so it would slink back to its mother, the woman, to vomit up its stolen milk. And guess what? The super creepy thing is that it would be able to talk. Oh, hell no. Yeah, like when it would arrive back to where the woman would be processing the dairy, it would scream out, full belly, mommy. Okay, no, 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 no. No, no, it, it gets worse. Oh, God. Then she would reply, let it go, son. Stop. And it would vomit up the offering into her butter churn. Vanessa, are you curious about what the consistency of the milk would be? Yes, tell me. Okay, the milk of the Tilbury would be super runny. And any butter that would be made from it would curdle if the sign of the cross was made over it. So if you think about it, if someone comes in and they bless the food, because that's a thing in, you know, some religions and some people's homes, I think, you know, you do like a sign of the cross to bless the food. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if it was done, then like it would instantly curdle. But the woman who summoned the Tilbury would just giggle and say that it's only different because of her secret ingredients. Would you buy that if you were at someone's house? That like all of a sudden this like butter like curdled in front of your eyes and then you'd just be like, ha ha ha. Oh yeah, it's just my secret ingredients. Well, like in the 1700s, 
probably. I mean, I'm quite gullible today, so. That's eh. true. (laughs) (laughs) That is, you're speaking the truth. Okay, so are you ready for a super gross detail, Vanessa? I mean, we're this far in, bring it. Okay, as if the story couldn't get any more yucky, right? Oh, but wait, friend, it does. It claims that when the mother, and I put in air quotes, mother, has a human baby, she has to be extremely careful that the Tilbury never goes close to her breasts again. Why? Why? Because she is in danger of being sucked dry or sucked to death by it. By Tilbury. By the milk demon. So if if she has a baby and then milk demon is like, I'm hungry, mommy, she would die. Yeah, because it doesn't know when to stop. Okay. Because remember, like it went until it was like uncomfortably full when it was going and doing that on the cows or the goats or whatever, sheep. I don't know. And yeah, mm. it'd be like, okay. I have a full belly, mommy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And she probably doesn't have enough milk in her body to make it full because it would suckle on like all of the cows, all of the sheep at like someone's farm, right? Okay, so you might wonder what happens when you no longer need the Tilbury, right? Totally. Yeah, okay, me too. You have the choice of either working it to death or death by the number three, Okay, I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. So apparently the Icelandic milk demon hates the number three. And if you give it a job that has the number three in it, like, hey, little guy, go and create three piles of poop for me. Or, hey, go and only milk these three cows back and forth. So if you give it the job that has the number three in it, it will eventually die because it'll just work itself to death. And if the mother didn't want to rid herself of it ever, it's believed to hide under the woman's petty skirts until they are burned or drowned together. So maybe then she's figured out as a witch, I'm assuming, because I think in those days we only, you know, put people to fire and water in that way as if they were a witch. Right. Yeah. The last fun fact that I have about this Icelandic milk demon, the Tilbury, is that the dairy farmers would make the sign of the cross under the animal's udders, or they would put a bulk of psalms under or on the rear of the animal to protect it from hardening udders. Because that was a thing, you know, like if you're running a dairy farm and all of that, like, I mean, shit, like... I grew up on a farm, like that's a thing and hardening udders, like then your animal kind of becomes like useless to you in a way, right? So as the symptom of hardening udders was, it was attributed to a Tilbury attack. This was like real life. That's the only way at that time in the 1700s that they could, you know, kind of explain this phenomenon that was kind of happening. Crazy freaking piece of Icelandic folklore, right, Vanessa? Yeah. New nightmare unlocked. (laughs) Thanks, Anne. Okay. And you know what's even better? Tell me. There's a movie 
Ooh. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I could watch a movie. Like, just, like, hearing it is creeping me the fuck out. Right. Okay. So, if anyone is curious or, you know, in your, you know, Halloween horror month and you want to go back or if you guys are curious and want to extend your knowledge, it's kind of fun. The movie is actually called Tilbury. And it's from 1987. Like, you weren't born in 1987, Vanessa. Okay, I may have been conceived then. (laughs) Okay, I was definitely born. Um, Yeah, but on IMDb, you can check it out. If you have AMC Plus or the Shutter channel, I think I watched it on AMC Plus. And there's a story attached to it. It is not Tilbury, like uh, we've been saying. It's Tilbury like Pillsbury, you know, like the end. So it's like T-I-L-B-U-R-Y. And it's from 1987. It's kind of like, I think it's only like 60 minutes, but it's about, about um, like a general. And he like kind of falls in love with like a woman who has one. Interesting. Yeah. And then there's also some other one that um, recently was created. And I saw it on Viamo. And it's called The Night of the Tilbury. It's from 2022. And I will say that it's a little bit more abstract and it's a little bit more um, visual than the other one. It doesn't really leave a whole lot to your imagination. But if you're curious, I encourage you to go check it out. Cool. I might. But I think this has been enough for me. (laughs) We'll see. I'll update you guys. All right, Vanessa, that's all I have for you. I hope it was good enough and spooky enough and horrific enough to end up in your nightmares. Oh, it most definitely will. Thanks, Anne. Thank you so much for venturing into the dark side of Iceland with us. We hope our stories resonate with you. Stay tuned for more Nightmare Worthy Podcasts. And if you want to hear more, give us a follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. You can also find us on Instagram at Eerie Iceland and by searching Eerie Iceland on Facebook. See you next time.